and welcome to Military Reunion Network Radio. I'm Sharon Ganachek, your host. Uh, you know, MRN is a community for anyone and everyone that's involved with uh, or interested in military reunions. If you want more information, visit our website, militaryreunionnetwork.com. Uh, we're glad you're here. We have an exciting podcast for you, so let's get started. Uh, we are here today with Anthony Anton. He is the president and CEO of the Washington Hospitality Association, and he is stopping his crazy, insane schedule um, here in October 13th of, of 2021 to give us an update of what's going on in the hospitality industry in Washington state. Um, and this, I, I wanted to get together with you, Anthony, because this is kind of a it will give people an idea of, of while we're going to be specifically talking about what's going on in Washington, it'll give people an idea of what's going on kind of with the industry across the country. Um, and so welcome to MRN Radio and, and thanks for taking the time to join us. Well, thanks for having me on and, and thanks for all the work you do to support uh, our military and all those in our community who serve. So I, I, when you asked, I, I, I'm so appreciative of your efforts. It was I was really excited to support you in this. Oh, thank you. Um, I always like to start with you and your background and kind of how you uh, landed in the in the CEO and president role, just to give you a, a people a sense of, of your experience. So um, I grew up in the restaurant business. My dad had restaurants in the Puyallup Valley, and I literally grew up in a sleeping bag uh, by my mom's, uh, by the copy machine in my mom's office. It was a family business. and, and um, even before that, both of my grandfathers, you know, came to this country as immigrants um, and hospitality gave them their start, you know, and allowed them to go on, have their own businesses and grow and then allow my dad to have a larger one, which allowed my sister and I to go to college. So I live in this industry. I believe in this industry. I'm really passionate about it. Um, and I was I did go the political science route out of college and was working on in the Capitol when the restaurant association at the time said, you have a restaurant background and you have a little politics, we come to work for us. And I just fell in love with all these people who were experiencing a lot of the things that I experienced growing up. And even though my grandfather's journey um, to opening a little diner in Ording is now 80 years removed from someone opening a little teriyaki shop in, uh, in the Skagit Valley, it's the same journey and it's the same challenges and passions and and chasing the american dream and it i love what i do for that reason it's a lot of fun and i'm very very passionate about it yeah well they're lucky to have you at the helm uh, especially now uh with all the craziness that's happening uh with covid um uh, for for folks that are not uh up to speed on the hospitality industry let's i wanted to also sh have you share kind of the role of the washington hospitality association you know how many people are involved or the the, the types of membership that the the types of companies that are involved and kind of what you do for them you you bet so um the hospitality industry is the state's largest private employer or at least was before COVID. we'll see where we end up when uh, the dust settles um, we're made up of the state's restaurants, both full service and what people consider fast food or quick service, as we call it, um, to everything in between. Also, all of our lodging facilities and a lot of our entertainment facilities. Um, and we break out fairly equally in those four arenas of entertainment, full service, limited service, and uh, lodging. And so 
Um, on our best days, we do four things to help those industries um, make it another day and hopefully find success in the chasing of their dream. Um, we do a lot of government affairs work, and if you see me on television or otherwise or read me in the paper, it's usually about being that solution finder between problems our communities are facing and the policymakers' ideas around that and helping the industry be successful and trying to find that bridge and communicate how these solutions might impact small businesses across Washington. But that's just about a fourth of what we do. Um, most of our members are small. Uh, they don't have an HR director or a lawyer or a, a, a chief operating officer. And they just want to be able to pick up the phone and say, tell me what to do. Tell me the best practice. Tell me what the law is. Tell me what's going on. And then hang up and they want to get back to work behind the grill or get back to uh, booking nights and doing those things. And so um, being the primary source of information, we often find in polling is one of the top two reasons people are involved is they just want to know, but they but they don't have enough time to do all the research themselves. So we do it for them. Yeah. Um, we also help our workforce succeed. We offer a lot of education and training programs. Most of our owners were uh, started out as hourly workers within the industry, um, and they know how important it is to keep that career ladder open and moving and flowing. Um, so uh, today's workers can have the same kind of success that they had. Um, and then lastly, um, we provide a lot of ROI programs. Again, most of our members are small. Um, they don't have time to research 30 credit, credit card companies or all the different healthcare options. So our members try to design programs and find options that are easy for them uh, so they can be more effective and still cost efficient with their time. It is a great service for um, those small companies just to be able to, to lean in on the association and, and get those resources. So I know that they're appreciative of everything that you do for them. Um, we, you know, be, we're, we wanted to have this conversation, uh, obviously because of COVID and, and how uh, the coronavirus has impacted the hospitality industry. Um, in, in doing this, that do you want to, will you set the stage for us um, a bit about what the industry was like prior to COVID? Um, and so we can kind of compare how we are, where we are now and how we're, how we're doing now. Right, so uh, pre-COVID, we had right around 15,000 um, restaurants and right around 800 um, hotels. Um, we uh, had a workforce of right around 350 some thousand, I think 352,000. Um, and uh, um, we really were seeing a boom time in the industry, um, mostly because of generational impacts. Um, say what you want about millennials and and, the, and whatever the name of the generation is behind them, but they would rather have experiences and great moments for birthdays and vacations and free time than objects. And yeah. that was really driving more travel, more variety in restaurants, the quality of hospitality, getting out for entertainment and other things. And so really uh, 17, 18, 19, and, and even starting two years before that, we were seeing the industry grow and becoming a bigger part of the consumer dollar as the consumer was driving more towards experiences. Um, and then we're going from all time highs to all of a sudden we're close. Yeah, I was going to say somebody turned off the lights. Um, Pre-COVID, we were talking about the, the boom in the industry. Um, 
there, you know, in, and I know that we're speaking specifically of Washington, you know, with, with hotels specifically, there is a breakdown of different markets, you know, as far as meetings and events go and the type of guests that, that comes to the hotel. Um, is there a sense of the, the markets that were per, performing uh, greater than other markets? I mean, were, was association business uh, doing much better than the, the Smurf or the, you know, the sports stuff or the social stuff? Um, I think we were seeing across the board demand for, for, for lodging. Um, now it played out in different ways within different communities. So the international travel and some of those things would play out more in the uh, in the urban areas um, uh -huh. where people coming from out of the country went to the one city they knew <laughs> in the state of Washington. Right. Um, but then from the regional, you know, from Western regions in the, in the U.S. and and people who are familiar with the Northwest, we're seeing a lot of people get across the state in more family style style travel. Um, and we're seeing people have really strong years in that area. And then I think what's really interesting is um, the suburbs in between, we're seeing more and more hotels for business travel that as the other areas became more expensive, there became these more affordable alternatives um, that people weren't necessarily looking to be on the ocean or be in the middle of a, of a, a huge nightlife in the city, but they really just needed to come together for business or otherwise. And so we were seeing um, some more of our suburbs. Uh, we saw a lot of hotel openings in 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 15 through 19, um, and even ones that were already in the pipeline that were opening anyway during COVID because they got financing and, and permission to do so when they were looking at different future when that pipeline started. So uh, pretty across the board in 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 that we were seeing um, the industry calls it occupancy rates um, or different things, and we were seeing record numbers um for uh the, all the different hotel metrics in 18 and 19. Yeah. um and then COVID hit and 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 it was like it was the classic trap drawer falling out from underneath you um where we went from 90 plus percent occupancy which was really insane anyway uh -huh. uh, to single digit occupancy um we saw the industry um, drop in 30 days, you know, roughly uh, 150,000 employees. Um, it, we just, uh, we saw people um, really have no sense of where this was going or how far it was. Uh, sometimes I think it's easier to go from a, from a average day to a bad day than to go from a great day to a horrific day, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, th I think that gap of emotion and optimism in the fall um, are really hard. So it was, um, I can't, I don't even know the, the right words to state the difficulty of that challenge emotionally, operationally, um, and that you had to as leaders in our industry, your, our workers and our community and other people were looking to us say, all right, let's figure it out. Even though we were all feeling the same panic inside saying, let's yeah. go figure it out, let's go. Um, and and say let's make it work. It is what it is, um, and how do we move forward with it? So um, I'm proud of the industry of of uh, I mean, they were in that mode for a few weeks, but then we started saying, okay, what are the solutions? What can we do, um, uh, and and how do we move from here? But uh, that that dynamic shift was uh, 
we'll write books about it for years to to come when you're dealing with hotels and you know sales teams you know for mrn we are a very tight-knit community as is uh the hospitality association we're a very tight-knit community so it's not just oh that director of sales is gone um this is a this is a dear friend that you worked with for years that is all of a sudden jobs gone you know just they're just they're they and, and it's not just one person it is it is an entire industry of people that that all at one time and so you feel it's 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 really really super tough because you feel like you're losing your family your mm -hmm. your work family um uh, for for mrn across the country and for you guys and you know across the state so when you're yeah, talking about a lot of what we heard was just the tears of having the i mean we've all had these moments as leaders where we've had to do separations uh -huh. but to do 80 of them in a day right and and you have to let everyone know quickly because otherwise yeah. you're cruel but then you don't get to talk to everyone in the way you want to as a human and moving forward and 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 offer the hope that we didn't know it was uh just the emotion of that i i will yeah. will say with a lot of people forever yeah and the they're also the emotion of the people um that were part of that skeleton crew um that were holding uh properties together um there's conversations that i had with directors of sales that had to let their entire sales team go and they were booking setting room sets um checking people in at the front desk in a couple of paces running towels um so they really had across the board skill set that they had to maneuver so we, we heard a lot about that and and gms who were sleeping in the hotels to make sure the night shift was covered <laughs> you know yeah. it was just uh, stories that uh, again um will we'll carry on for a long time but yeah. but the good anyway. news is that that happened and, and i hate to call it good news because it was horrific we lost probably 3500 to 4000 businesses in that time frame oh. um but the industry started making changes. Um, and the more we learned and the more we did, um, initially there was a lot of concerns on would the public want to travel again? Would the public want to dine out again? What would that look like? Um, and the industry made a lot of changes and more efficiencies. Mm -hmm. People did survive it. Um, not everyone, but many did survive it. Uh, many changes were made and um, you know, this summer we did see consumers come back, um, and yeah. not in all categories. I think some of the the categories um, are delayed for a while, but in uh, many categories we saw it come back, and we saw well, people get out there. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say let's talk about the categories because you know we're all you know that basically the lights turned out on the hospitality industry across the country, and um, industry experts have said, oh, you know, the business. <laughs> Business travel is not going to come back till 2024. You know, so let's talk about the markets that you've seen um, from from the lens that that you have and the exposure and the view that you have throughout Washington. What types of business are coming back, um, and has that surprised you? I think um, again, different segments of our industry, right? Yeah. Um, quick service relatively was up during COVID because they were built for to-go foods. And they were built with drive-throughs. Their businesses were were relatively ready for it. So yeah. I'm going to set them aside for a minute. 
on the uh, full service side, um, I think once we really got oh, reopened back up back in, um, gosh, time's gone. I'll say it was June, but my memory's uh -huh. gonna have to check the actual date. Um, we really saw consumers immediately saying we missed our small businesses, we loved our small businesses, and consumer de demand surpassed any of the smart people's eyes I know's expectation about how fast yeah. people were willing to come back. They missed their community, they want to be out again. And the travel within Washington. So people wanting to get away, people wanting, you know, they were tired of being at home and they wanted to to travel. Um the the rev pars and the and the occupancy rates, those metrics we talked about in hotels right. around the state, um, reflecting um, regional travel um, yep. were fantastic. It was really heartening to see. And it wasn't just the coast and just Walla Walla and just Chelan, but Spokane and Vancouver and other areas also saw um, some strong things. Who, who hasn't come back yet and who, where will the delay still be? Um, convention business is going to trickle uh, for a while. Um, as people get comfortable in, is Washington going to be secure enough to book their convention business and what that looks like? Um, and convention business, and even are they comfortable with where Delta is at or the next variant um, in, in securing and putting money out for a convention business? I do have hope that for a while there is started to start rebooking but convention business doesn't happen like if you if everything's solved tomorrow convention business doesn't return the following month conventions are often, right. often six seven eight a year two years three years in advance depending on the size it's gonna take a while for those to come back mm -hmm. um international travel um we believe will be delayed because of a variety of reasons and so if you were a, a hotel that really depended on uh, a large Asian market or German market or otherwise coming in and uh, filling your summers, that is going to be delayed. And then I think business is going to be mixed. Um, I think to some degree, um, business travel with the way we adopted is going to change permanently uh, because we've learned so many more ways to communicate. And uh -huh. honestly, probably from a business standpoint, more efficient, but we also know that personal relationships matter and we can't be completely avoid of them. And so I don't think it'll disappear completely, but I do think business travel dependent markets are going to be um, not immediately back. Yeah. So those are some of the areas where I think um, we'll go from there. From uh, the other thing I think is gonna be challenging is we will see what the numbers are in the next few weeks from September, meaning the government okay. will release the September employment numbers. Yeah. It is gonna be one of the more fascinating ones since the start of the pandemic, because now everybody should be off unemployment. The yep. federal extensions ended, the $300 ended, the <clears throat> you're on unemployment, why? <laughs> Reasons have all ended, right? So in yep. theory, um, with the incredible high demand for jobs um, and all of the reasons you could have stayed until September 4th on UI ending, um, we're going to have the workforce we're going to have for a while. And huh. that is really, um, we are still 48,000 workers short in, um, in August. Um, what that number comes out to be 
uh, in final form at the end of September, we're probably going to be living with for for two to four years. I'm sorry, you just said 48,000 workers short, right? Pre-pandemic, we had 352,000 workers, uh -huh. uh, and uh, we had 304, uh, 303 something in uh, at the end of August. Uh huh. So One uh, of yeah. When we were talking about uh, staffing, um, it is not the, the staffing has not bounced back um, as as quickly as everybody had hoped for the reasons that that you had mentioned. And um, you know, so we caution our military reunion planners when they're planning to to have a bit of grace with hotels that are that are genuinely trying to be supportive but don't have the manpower behind executing the reunion as as the reunion planner would want to thing there was a article that came out today uh in hotel news now about the um rec it was the record number of hospitality workers quitting their jobs in the month of august this is across the uh, this is nationally so i don't know if that's impacting in Washington State now too. So I can tell you what I'm hearing from the industry. Yeah. Typically the anecdotes will align with the data, but not always. Um, I can tell you what I'm hearing from the industry. The worker shortage is still at crisis level at the end of September. I'm not hearing any more concerns about quits before. There's been concerns about ghosting um, since June. Um, so I don't think it's increased recently. I think the concerns on ghosting have been there for a while. Um, that being said, uh, we are short workers, so we're short 20% workers. Also, as mandates come into effect in some rural communities, um, we're getting reports, but again, anecdotes and data don't always align, but they usually do. We're getting reports out of Jefferson Clallam. So for those who are listening, those are the two counties in the northwest corner of Washington State um, of some pretty abusive customers um, who have been denied the ability to come in and uh, and be seated and causing servers after three or four times of being screamed at just to say just to quit and say I'm not I'm not going to put up with this. So you're going to hear me a lot in the public talk about please show kindness and grace. Your 17 year old hostess did not implement did not start COVID, is not the reason for COVID, and did not implement the mandate. They're simply trying to experience their first job and get acclimated to the workforce and give you a, a good afternoon. Um, and so uh, we, but not every community has adopted that and it's not been everywhere. And, uh, but we are hearing um, some quits, um, enough to be more than out of, out of the norm around that issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's so funny because you know we're we're screaming that there's not enough staffing, and yet you know as as guests of hotels we're screaming because there's not enough staffing, and yet we're being rude to the people that are that are showing up. So it's it's kind right. of like we got so we got yeah. we got to get our act together. Um, so the, uh, I would say that's that's the staffing issue is also playing over into our suppliers, mm -hmm. and so there is a massive shortage of truckers right now. Um, which means food we've ordered weeks ahead of time or linens we've ordered weeks ahead of time to be ready for your great experience aren't showing up at the back door. 
um, and, and how do we deal with that? So please know that as you prepare for your events, um, our suppliers are equally challenged with, with having the workforce to get um, your goods to you for your event. Yeah, we, we, talk, at, we talk at MRN um, with uh, veterans that are planning their reunion. We talk about the importance of partnership with your tourism bureau in and you know in, in point of our conversation with with your hotels um that partnership is is so uh, important and so one of the questions and one of the things that i that i remind them and and uh suggest to them is to have a really good strong uh communication um with their hotel partner when they've booked the reunion and so they can um dodge some landmines uh about service about supply about you know different things that are that are coming up um what what are things that you know from from your chair that you can um recommend to veterans that are planning their reunions what are what are in as far as communication about expectations with contracts and and um what what they should be doing to better partner and better support the hospitality industry oh great question um one um if you can have a vaccination mandate um for your convention up front uh-huh uh, that will give your local hotel much more um, comfort that you're actually going to show. And oh, so what we're, interesting. what we're seeing is people scheduling and then people canceling because of, of COVID concerns on their own side, right? Where the parties that already had marketed and talked about, hey, we're going to require everyone to be vaccinated up front. Those are parties we can depend on because they'll be able to come in and execute um, their area. So um, I think that is something that uh, meeting planners should love to hear. And, and they may be casual about it, but I think that gives them much more comfort that they know this is a party we can depend on um, to show up and not maybe have to cancel two, three weeks in advance because there is an outbreak within their community. Um, uh, two, um, I would ask about what is their vaccination policy? Because as you're trying to rely on them, it'll also tell you their ability to have a staff that will be there. Um, yeah. And so also, um, the more requests like that that come in, the more that gives them the confidence in their own community to say, we're getting asked about this a lot. Uh -huh. uh, so that you're looking for a hotel that's uh, had a vaccination requirement um, for their, their staff. Uh, because that will give you the confidence that they're not going to have an outbreak and they're going to have the ability to have a reliable staff. Yeah, uh, um, with with the vaccine man mandates, you know, in in our state and you know across the country, I should say, um, there has there is pressure for corporations to have a get vaccinated or quit um, mandate that's across the board um that's impacting there's there are um management companies within the hospitality industry that that may have taken on that same policy and mandate so the employees of the hotels that they run regardless of the logo on the outside of the building have to be vaccinated in order to work there do you see it going to the next 
level and saying you have to be vaccinated in order to come into our hotel? So I think there's, so as we talk about vaccination mandates, um, I think I need to be very clear of what I say. So sometimes it's an, the, the, the location itself does something for its guests or for its um, mm -hmm. employees. That's one category. Two, there's a government approach, which comes in two forms. Mandates guests be vaccinated to come in public facing businesses, or two, mandates employees are vaccinated in order to be open in all locations. Um, we've seen um, many locations around, C around the country do a guest vaccination mandate. Um, King County was one of the latest, but I think there's been several other communities that have done it since. In Washington, it's just Jefferson, Clallam, and King will take effect on October 25th. Um, I think that there was a lot of conversation about that six weeks ago, but that's ebbed because the communities that have done it have not seen an increase in vaccinations, nor have they seen a slowing of the, slowing of the spread of the disease when you compare it against the communities that did not. Um, that being said, that's as of October 13th at uh, 11.30. Um, but um, we believe the momentum is more looking at the employee mandates, which look to be more effective. And we've really seen an increase in the vaccination rates in Washington state as we've gotten closer to the, the government and medical employee mandates here on October 18th. Um, yeah. And, and that truly is starting to spike vaccinations um, and seeing an increase in rates. So because of the different um, uh, success rates of the two policies, um, we're anticipating more of a look at the employee mandate side. With that, uh, the Biden administration is going to release in the next few weeks, um, we understand. We thought it was going to be a few weeks ago, but now we're saying in the next few weeks moving forward, what their mandate of uh, employers of 100 or more um, is going to look like, what the details are of that. And then we're very much anticipating the governor to then double down on whatever the, the Biden administration does. Uh, that will be on all employers across all sectors. Um, and uh, we anticipate that coming up. How that would impact um, your areas, um, I just think you need to have really strong communication with um, the hotels you're looking at dealing with. In the communities that are already approaching 90% vaccination rates, um, and yes, there are communities that are approaching 90%, um, it will probably be a non-factor, right? The, the, they're already down to so few. But if you were looking at a community that's at a 40% vax rate today, um, this mandate will be a lot harder to implement um, and more likely have an impact on the staffing. So um, I would, I'm trying to encourage employers to get ahead of it um, and use it as a marketing advantage um, rather than waiting until this finally hits. And then, you know, all of a sudden having typically the vaccination rates typically reflect the community that you're in. And so if you're in a 40% community, meaning you're 60% of your staff's at risk of being let go, a lot tougher uh, conversation. All that being said, if people are booking for next spring, it'll be it'll be well behind us by next spring, and we'll know what we know then. The, the, I'm yeah. sorry, 
vaccine mandate conversation will be well behind us, not COVID. Yeah. The vaccine mandate will be behind us by next spring. Thanks for thanks for clarifying. There's yeah. there's going to be. I, a I little... would love for the other for the other to be vaccinated, but the, the oh, supply yeah. I briefly mentioned is real. Um, I was just talking to some of the liquor vendors, and we're anticipating a glass shortage of maybe twenty percent, um, which means we may have booze, but we have no glass to put it in to get it shipped in over the of the area, um, and not in all, not not with. Not with every um, glass usage, but many of them. And so, um, the the supplier shortage is going to be a really interesting one moving forward. That's going to be with us probably until 2024. Yeah, yeah. And we we have just gotten rid of our plastic straws, so we can't use that as an option for a for a you know, drinking <laughs> out of the bottle. So, um. <laughs> From a from a, a business standpoint, and, and going back to kind of the markets that are coming back, just a couple of final questions because I know you have to go. Um, from a business standpoint, um, with with military reunions, what can they anticipate when they're um, coming to Washington State? Is there is there the expectation that the price point's going to be a little bit different um, because Hotels are, are just looking for all kinds of different bits of business, understanding that the actual business travel is down. Um, what, what can military reunion planners anticipate? Look in your crystal ball, Anthony. Well, well, one, um, if you're looking for a deal, um, and that's kind of what you're thinking, know that hotels rooms go based on the demand. And, and really, algorithms became a really big deal in the lodging industry in the past 15 years of where am I at with the fill rate? Where am I at with occupancy? What do I have to move to get my number to a good enough level that, you know, I, I can know that I've got 80 to 85 percent of the hotel filled up? Um, and so in areas uh, that are still seeing great traffic, you know, there I wouldn't expect any kind of uh reduction rate because they've got great traffic coming through. In areas where maybe they're very, very business dependent or they're very, very convention business uh, and that convention business hasn't returned, those will be areas that will be seeking um, alternatives um, during this time frame. Um, and, uh, but this is not gonna be universal. If you're on the coast, if you're in Walla Walla um, and, and you're looking at spring through fall, you know, it's it, it's going to be a tougher booking. Um, but if you're uh, in a hotel that's truly just business oriented, um, they're going to be seeking, hey, have we got a deal for you? Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of little bit of good research on the military reunion planners' part to to understand uh, not not only geographically but from the business market model how how the the availability of deals is going to be uh, going to fall into play. Um, Anthony, what are your thoughts on the industry moving forward? So I think in the long run, I, I believe that hospitality will bounce back. Um, just the, the generational gaps and the value on experiences um, is so high among these two young generations coming in to be the majority of our buyers that uh, consumers, um, you, you can't remove the optimism of where we're headed. It, it truly right. is. Um, 
that being said, um, uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a one to three year challenge and and a little bit beyond on the debt race uh, for a lot of the debt that's been built up on mm-hmm. uh, trying to build a workforce or figure out how to work with a much smaller workforce than we've had before and the supplier shortage to get all the way through the system. Um, someone was telling me that for New Year's Eve supply. Um, for those who are ordering cases and cases of champagne for New Year's Eve, they typically have to submit their orders in, in July and August. Many of them have gone, well, <laughs> we're going to have to go back to April, and, and now they're hearing they still may not get that champagne supply in time. Uh, wow. Because from making it to glass shortages, to port shortage, you know, the ports getting in and out, and then all the way through, uh, mm-hmm. It's going to take a while to get through our supply chain uh, backlog. And for military reunion planners, you know, we're talking the supply chain is, you know, table linens. You you had mentioned table linens and and glassware, but uh, swag. You know, their their t-shirts, their uh, um, challenge coins, their ball caps, their all of the things that they bring to their reunion that they print specific for that event is all going to be impacted by um how how you know d- d- impacted by the delay in the supply chain um yeah i would i would say that uh if you have operated in the just in time philosophy right <laughs> or or i'll say it differently we all uh when we were in school had that uh you know crunching for finals right if you try to crunch your event planning or ordering into a short time frame you're going to be extremely challenged for the next three years because the yeah. supplier that in past years could instantly get you what you needed in a two, three week window and rush your product. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do that in, in, in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. So to the degree that you can be ahead of that, well ahead of it and get commitments and promises and over communicate with the people you're working with to say, how long do you need? No, really, <laughs> really, how long do you need? And, and, and get in that time frame, um, I think you're going to feel more secure in, in your event. Thank you so much for taking the time to to join us, and I really, really appreciate uh, you sharing uh, the what's happening in Washington State with regard to the hospitality industry, and and actually, more importantly, um, it's the hope that uh, we're going to get uh, back together in person in big numbers with big hugs uh, very soon. So I appreciate it very, very much. That will be great. And thanks for what you do and, and to your listeners and those putting together reunions. Thank you for serving. It's an honor to serve you when you come into our communities for your reunions. Um, and, and we can't say thank you enough for all you've done for our country uh, and your service. So really appreciate it. Well, that wraps up another edition of MRN Radio. We thank you so much for joining us. To our veterans, we thank you for your service. We hope you hear it often, and we hope you never tire of hearing it. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.